Buongiorno mondo, and welcome back to 15 with Fosca, the podcast. Are you dreaming about moving to Italy and making a life for yourself? Curious about the path to getting an MBA in Italy and then staying on to build a career? Or perhaps you're hoping to gain insight into the daily reality of a young expat living in Italy today. Well then stay tuned for my conversation with Scott Cobble about the mobility of talent, Italy's changing work and family spheres, and the challenges and triumphs that accompany global relocation. We also speak about navigating the job market in Italy, the current challenges for young people here, why they're still leaving, and what can be done and needs to be done to ensure that Italy actively fights brain drain and continues to draw young talent and investment from the world over. Of course, we will also be speaking about Scott's journey and how and why he chose this path and how he turned his dream of building a life for himself in Italy into a reality. So hit that subscribe button if you want to keep hearing stories from Italy and grazie mille e buon ascolto. So happy to have you here with me today. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Fosca, for the invitation. And it's great to see you and be part of your podcast. I'm just happy that you um, that you agreed to come and talk to me about your life. And so I think we should just um, get right into it. And I want to hear sure. what you're doing and what you've been up to. We haven't seen each other in a bit. Um, and I know that you are doing lots of interesting stuff up in Padova and um, still living though in Milan. So why don't you tell me about what your company does and, and what you're doing right now? Sure. Yeah. So um, at New Twin, we we help companies achieve success in their electrification strategies. So um, in a lot of industries like electric vehicles or even uh, industrial applications, efficiency and also power density are big challenges. Everybody seems to want to push more energy and less time and less space and things get hot. So that's where we can bring high fidelity models, physics models, inside very low cost microcontrollers that are already in these systems. So sort of that embedded intuition that helps things like electric motors or power inverters and other devices work better. So for me personally, it's a great intellectual mix because yeah. I'm speaking Italian every day and also able to apply my engineering physics background and appreciate those R&D innovations. But it's also fun on the business side to see exploring product market fit and seeing how the VC market is growing in Italy. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. And and actually, I was going to ask you, like, what differences do you find? I mean, you had the possibility, I mean, you, you were at a very young age, if I can say, you know, working, at, you know, you're at like top positions at really important Silicon Valley companies, right? So how do you see a company like yours, like where you're working and, you know, this, this startup and it's exciting and, um, you know, people don't think of high tech when they think of Italy. Um, what, what kind of differences are you finding on the daily? Oh, it's a great question. And, and yeah, well, I wouldn't say I started in super high positions. I worked my oh. way up, you know, uh, <laughs> starting at Tesla, but um, I think what what is exciting is seeing um, there's great talent and great technology everywhere. And sure, there's environments like Silicon Valley where there's a lot to choose from and there's a lot of maybe a financial and funding um, uh, ecosystem infrastructure that really helps. But, you know, in coming to Italy and getting started in um, in Milan and getting my business degree here at Sabocconi, 
um, really help find help me find and connect with technology transfer funds and venture capital funds, and that eventually landed me here at New Twins. So um, yeah, in terms of differences, is that um, well, I think every company and every industry and every geography can be different, but what I find uh, most of all that's exciting is helping build something new and translating a great, great technology innovations into uh, a company and. Um, I'd say that, you know, I uh, made the decision years ago when I moved over to Apple that rather than be an uh, expert engineer someday, I wanted to not just help build products and that push what's physically possible with engineering and technology, but moreover build the teams and companies around that. So, and that's what I find so enjoyable about my work uh, at New Twin is that, you know, as a chief operating officer, it's sort of you're dabbling in everything, whether that's... Uh, you know, finance, accounting, HR, legal, office management, client project management, and sales. So it's it's great variety. And so I'm really grateful to be there. It sounds like an amazing environment. And I think that for a while, I remember, you know, you and I meeting in Milan and probably also in Florence and having conversations about the difficulties that you were encountering. I think really finding the fit that you seem to have found right now, which seems like a really perfect one for someone like you who is so multifaceted and, and interdisciplinary. I mean, even just sort of, you know, your your whole approach, I think what you even just said about your the way you're working and, and, you know, the exciting environment and what, and helping as this, this, uh, you know, helping create this new thing. So it seems like you finally found something that is giving you that, um, you know, that rush and, and what you were looking for. Right. So talk to me though, a little about those challenges. Let's talk about those dark days, just, just sure. a bit. So that people <laughs> don't think that it's all just cause then it's, then we're just selling the same old under the, <laughs> you know, the Tuscan sun and Italy, everything's perfect. And, um, and I think it is important that you share the fact that there were a couple of times when we talked where you were like, Oh, this is not working out. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I think, um, there was definitely some naivete, you know, moving here is that I, my passion for Italy has been around for over 15 years now. And, uh, in coming to move here, I was very excited, you know, coming and doing my MBA and, uh, exploring a new country, getting through the bureaucracy, you know, was one challenge, but it's approachable at the, in the end, there's some logic there, but I think, um, one thing I underestimated, and of course the pandemic didn't help is having that social system and social network of support is that, you know, any expat, you can't do it alone. You know, I personally moved alone. I don't have a girlfriend or spouse or family um, that I brought with me. So that's where for me is the pandemic. I found a lot of solidarity, you know, and, and interacting with neighbors as well as my classmates, of course, yeah. as we finished the MBA. But um, some challenges, I think, were um, navigating the job market, for sure, and being realistic on salaries and expectations there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think just being persistent and um, reaching out and feeling a sense of belonging, whether that's, you know, with, with friends, with neighbors, with colleagues, and keeping in touch with family and friends back home. So, yeah, definitely quite a few ups and downs there. But... Uh, um, I don't, I don't regret a minute of it. I don't regret the, the decision to move my life out here. Um, but mm. yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, probably, um, I guess an aspect on the work world in general in Italy, I, if I could comment on that is, um, 
it is hard for people in their 20s to build a career here. Um, I think compared to the Silicon Valley where fresh grads, particularly in engineering, has have lots of opportunity. You're paid decent salary, often even with stock options, and um, you're given good responsibility. I think that can be hard to come by. Italy has really strong universities, and there's very talented engineers that I work with every day. But um, affording a room to rent in Milan is difficult without help from your family, much less, you know, uh, a, a down payment on a house, you know, in a big city. So I think that's, uh, that's also something I learned about from my classmates at Volconi that maybe had made the decision to go back to, to school to make an orthogonal uh, jump in their careers is, um, yeah, how, how can those opportunities change? So um, and actually, that's really an ethical part, I think, of the company is that the founders are well aware that, you know, they didn't want to start jobs at the total bottom rung, despite yeah. being at the top of their class and creating jobs and an opportunity for really talented, you know, um, students and, and graduates and doctorate mm. students here in, in Italy. I'm really glad you brought that up. I think it's also a really important key to the culture. And I get a lot of people asking me questions about, you know, moving here. Obviously, everyone would love to live in Italy, even just for a short period of time. But it's hard to explain to, for example, an engineer um, what kind of salaries we're looking at. And, you know, if that person is coming over with a family, um, you know, it's it's super hard. And you know, because the, the, you've just like pinned down the reality and that's why young Italians leave. And so the fact yeah. that, and so we'll talk about that probably as well, but I love the fact that your company is making a real effort to, um, to break that cycle because, mm -hmm. um, people can't, you know, the Italian family structure has changed. There is an aging population. Um, people are not having children. There's, you know, a mm -hmm. fierce battle going on concerning migration. And these are all things that, you know, and the, then people cannot find housing. Young people cannot find mm -hmm. housing. And so I'm hopeful though, that this generation, that your generation is, is going to, um, succeed in breaking this cycle here in Italy because people are saying, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't survive. And, you know, the world is evolving. Italian society is changing. It might not be as quick as other places, but the world is spinning very quickly. And so I think it's, it's vital that there are companies that are paying attention to this so that the great talent doesn't leave. Right? Yeah, I can't agree more. And, and in fact, it's, it's also um, seeing structurally, you know, part of my work is touching the legal aspects and, and contracts and hiring and sort of um, just sort of the inclinations or reality is, you know, for actually a positive note on the work world in, in Italy is that there are collective bargaining agreements that, that wow. very much protect workers' rights. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm grateful for those. And also that there is, there are good um, social services and support for middle class in Italy, um, you know, such that. Uh, you know, when a global pandemic hits, 4 million people aren't laid off immediately like they are in the States. That's right. But on the other hand is you can have a bit of stagnation or sort of like, um, you know, middle of or management that never leaves. And so there's not as much opportunity oh, yeah. for a new generation to move in. Right. So that's what's really exciting to see, um, you know, post-COVID also is, apart from inflation, 
is also some realization on the mobility of work and, you know, digital nomads and the mobility of talent. You know, we have in, in our company, you know, collaborators and, and employees that have come from uh, the EU and internationally. And, and so seeing that come together gives, makes us also consider, you know, compensation and smart working and things that, you know, we take for granted even for quite some time in Silicon yeah. Valley, but, yeah. you know, can be very foreign concepts here in Italy. And even with neighbors, you know, in Milan, where you have a family of four living in a small, you know, bilocale or trilocale, Right. And, you know, they're ripping their hair out about, you know, my three-year-old and my six-year-old are at home. And I just need like 10 minutes to leave the house and get a cup of coffee. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny during the pandemic. But yeah, so let's, <laughs> we got let's, through it. We got through it. We did. And I think, um, you know, just very briefly, because you and I, you and I really should be, I think you should become like a permanent guest because we could talk about, because I love the music. <laughs> We've already, you know, we're a few minutes into it and we've already touched on all these things that, of course, are not even remotely close to the questions that I had sent you in advance. So I'm <laughs> about that. Um, but, you know, I want to go back to something you said about the collective bargain agreements, because I think that's really important. And mm -hmm. I think that might partially explain. No, I mean, I'm sure it explains why, like, Italy has bounced back pretty well comparatively. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like this summer, there was some like, I mean, the tourism, the boom that, mm -hmm. um is actually continuing. I'm sure it's the same in Milan and in Padova. I have never at the end of September, I don't know, I'm sure there are precedents. Maybe we just notice it more now, but it's also maybe because it's still hot. The air is kind of sultry. It still feels like summer, at least here in Florence. But mm -hmm. man, I saw some lines like crazy lines, you know, and I'm like, wait, don't people have to go back to school and, and reality. Um, but I did want to talk about the fact that because people did not, you know, people were, didn't lose their positions. So even if, you know, mm -hmm. they were, um, you know, obviously let's say, you know, they had pay decreases or what have you, they didn't lose that job. And so they were able, so Italy didn't lose, for example, um, hotel employees forever or something like that, even right. Just specifically of the tourism industry. And so I think just seeing sort of what's been happening in Italy and, and how the period of, of tourism has now, you know, it's sort of like, I just literally read an article today about the fact that beach towns like Forte de Marmi, so like really nice, beach mm -hmm. towns, like super fancy, have decided to officially extend the season through November. Wow like November 2nd or something, which is, you know, it's a nice capitalistic response to global warming, but that's another <laughs> thing. Um, but we'll talk about that, that another time. I wanted to go back, not to the pandemic, because I really don't mm -hmm. want to go back there, but sure. I want to talk about um, the decision to go to Bocconi. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I know you were there during the pandemic, but um, I know that it was also um, a great, time of community, of growth, of um, amazing networking and connecting for you with people from all over the world. So for people out there who are listening, who might not know about Bocconi and their MBA program, among other things, do you want to just mm -hmm. talk a little bit about, for example, why you decided to choose Bocconi over, I'm sure you got into other business schools in the US and um all over the world, probably. Why Bocconi? Tell us a little bit about mm -hmm. Bocconi. And then tell me a little bit about those connections, um, sort of the gift that keeps on giving after um, now that you've, you know, moved on and, and out into the, you know, Italian business world. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for me is that uh, Bocconi and coming to the uh, to Milan and in uh, Bocconi, it really is a, has been known for decades and in Italy is very respected as an economics and finance university. So there's Bocconi University and then there's the uh, uh, Scuola di Direzione Aziendale, the business school style. And um, in fact, the business school has moved up significantly in their international rate rankings in the last few years. So, and um, in the graduate school, it's the business itself is that apart from the full-time MBA, the business schools offers a variety of early master's programs um, like in marketing or healthcare management, mm -hmm. but also quite a bit of executive education, which is great because that maintains a very strong bond with major companies um, in Italy and also multinational companies. And particularly since the Expo um, event in Milan in 2015, that really put Milan even more on the map as a business and financial center. So um, for me, the MBA really gave me a solid basis and a variety of business and management aspects to round out my prior you know, professional experience and technical background. But personally, it really helped establish a network and sense of belonging here in Milan and um, and also professional associations, keeping in touch with my classmates who several of whom had stayed in the area or have gone yeah. into Europe or back home. Um, and um, but the decision for me is um, I remember coming to visit in uh, in March of 2019 and I had other acceptances from other European business schools in particular that I was excited. I wanted to get to Italy. That was sort of the goal. <laughs> and, you know, I remember arriving in Milan and it just felt right is meeting other students, talking with faculty, seeing the city. Right. And so, um, yeah, there was actually a moment when I was in Campari, in Galleria, which is a you know, historic bar, you know, sipping my first Campari Souths, you know, listening to Frank Sinatra playing. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, like, you know, this could work, you know, and it was like oh, one, sure. the one spring, perfect spring weather in, yeah. uh, uh, in, in March. And then I since learned that, you know, this, like <laughs> many places in the world, there are four seasons. So, um, yeah, that adjusted my wardrobe when I did move here, but, um, in all seriousness though, it, it, uh, yeah, it, it felt right. It was also a way for me to build a network and, um, you know, professionally, and also feel at home here in my neighborhood of meeting yeah. restaurant owners and shopkeepers and, you know, having very walkable cities is, is very special, but so it's a good mix. I think for, you know, professionally, personally, and also academically uh, for me. Yeah. And I think it is for a lot of it, it's one of my favorite cities in Italy and I've seen it really make this leap. Um, even, I mean, it was, a, it was slow going up until, um, you know, they finally made the the huge leap with the expo. And now it's just, I think it's, I read it's, I think it's the third most visited city in Italy I and mean, it's really mm. high up there. And I think in terms of like global business, it, it ranks like, I mean, it's so high up there on, you know, on everybody's list, but people have often like used to create, like when people, I don't know, some people think of Milan and they still think of sort of an ugly gray industrial city and and how very and not very Italian. And, you know, mm. and I just think like I I, I love Milan. I think it's one of the most interesting, exciting, um, just it gives me everything that I that Florence doesn't give me. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just nothing wrong with Florence, but Florence is just a, kind of a small town. And so you can do everything mm -hmm. and have everything. But Milan is like, it's like having New York. And so, and it always feels, I don't know, it's always exciting for me. So would you ever, I mean, so you work, 
you live in Milan, but you work mm-hmm. in Padova. So obviously things are possible. I mean, Italy has an amazing train system. Um, it's not such a great distance. Um, and I'm sure you're doing some remote working. So right. what, but would you ever leave Milan? I mean, not necessarily for Padova, which I mean, I love, but it's just a completely, they're not comparable cities. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, Padova is a university town. Um, Milan is also a university town, but Milan is a lot of things. Sure. Um, primarily a place for university, religious pilgrimages and fans of Giotto. So, um, and, but a lot of people might not know that, you know, that's, you know, the Veneto has a lot of big business and big industry. So, yes. um, making, so getting to my point, um, would you ever leave Milan? And if you did, where, where in Italy would you, um, where else could you live? Um, sure. Well, you know, I think for right now, at this point in my life and my career is that, you know, Milan makes sense because yeah. again, I'm, if it's, if there's any place in the world today where I call home, it's Milan. Okay. And, you know, from my studies and, and getting through the pandemic and, you know, having that importance of friendship and even familiarity is, has really helped. But, you know, I don't know, as I'm quite open to it, you know, um, also in, you know, smaller, medium-sized towns in Italy, you live quite well. Oh yeah, is the quality of life is is really good in in Italy and and particularly northern Italy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think you know I, I would be open maybe to moving uh, sometime in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, for now is that it, it it just checks so many boxes and and also um, you know thinking of Stanford also apart from the Stanford and Florence campus, there's also um, an alumni group here in in Very Milan strong. that's quite active, strong, and yeah. I'm actually. I was elected to the board, so um, oh, we yay. joke that I'm, I'm very good at pouring wine at the events, but uh, I know with Stefano Sidienti and several others, it's a really um, approachable and humble group of, of professionals that many of whom um, finished their MBA at Stanford in the 90s, you yeah. know, late 90s, which means they're at the peak of their careers now. Yeah. And just the contact with other professional associations and events, just a week or two ago, we had a Stanford professor from the Biz School that was here nice. um, visiting and, and spoke with us all. So. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a possibility in the future. But uh, yeah, you know, Milan for now is is I'm grateful to be here. No, I think it's also a good place. I mean, you're young, you're single. I mean, it's where the action is. It's where you should be. Um, it's funny because I I talk to families who are thinking about relocating to Italy, and you know, for families, nothing against Milan, but sort of to go back to what you were saying. First of all, it's really hard to find housing, and second of all, yes. it's incredibly expensive it's probably one of you know i think it's the most expensive you know per square meter whatever rents in italy so i always mm-hmm. recommend especially to families who want to relocate to italy um you know in terms of where i always suggest those small um provincial towns where the quality of life is amazing um you yes. know the cost of living is lower um there are now international schools popping up everywhere here in Italy, like I, mm-hmm. just everywhere um, from Como to Siena. I mean, just, you know, so there's a big, you can see that there's definitely something pushing that in, which brings me to sort of my next question. Um, since mm-hmm. you're sort of a seasoned, um, well, ormai sei italiano, okay? So you're, <laughs> you know, you've been, you you really are um, probably feeling uh, a little more Italian these days. And we'll talk about that in a second, because I know that, well, we both mm-hmm. recently came back from the States. But um, what, what do you think, um, 
how do you explain this interest um, in relocating to Italy? I mean, you've lived here mm -hmm. for a long time. I'm sure you've seen a change because I've seen sure. it. Um, there's this renewed interest. I mean, I can even imagine I haven't looked at Bocconi's numbers, but I'm sure those are getting bigger. I'm sure. I mean, there seems to be a lot of interest in Italy, but not in Italy just for the short term. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, younger people who I, I recently just met with, um, you know, women from all over the world. I'm part, I'm also part of um, a sort of an international, a women's international networking association here in Florence. And I'm, I'm, mm. I'm now active with them. This is sort of the importance of networking, um, just going back to the Stanford Alumni Club in Milan, but just, it is important, even more important in Italy, I think, than, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's important everywhere, but in Italy, it's very much valued. Um, this the time mm -hmm. you spend with people socially um, around shared interests. And even if you are in a work environment, it is important to sort of keep those connections alive. But beyond that, mm -hmm. um, getting to my question. So as someone who really knows Italy, are you seeing the same things I'm seeing? Are you seeing this influx? Are you seeing people wanting to come? Are people asking you, hey, Scott, you know, curious to know about your path? Yeah, well, absolutely. And and also even friends I've met that were expats from not the US, but even other countries that would yeah. reach out either LinkedIn or other channels to see what is it like living here or should I do an MBA or look for a job immediately? What does that look like? And um, so I think there is a, a lot of um, interest in, in coming to Italy beyond the, you know, stereotypical aspects of, yeah. you know, uh, certainly Italy is romanticized, but it is much more than that. You know, it's one of the top global economies and, and also... Um, looking at the investment perspective is it's also proof is in the numbers is, of course, Silicon Valley is still at the top in terms of amount of investment and just the ecosystem there. You know, there's right. many there's many studies on, you know, how that came to be. Right. But, you know, in terms of London, Berlin, Paris, you know, and other uh, uh, cities in Europe is um, Milan and Italy are seeing a lot more investment. And that's not hmm. uh always an issue of, of money, you know, that makes these investments happen or, or successful, but it's also the ecosystem around it. So, yeah. and that's where, you know, internet, uh, we have now uh, not one, but two international investors that recently we closed our series A round in May. And um, it's very interesting seeing um, an, a, this ecosystem coming to life that really wasn't around hmm. uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So yeah. I think also from a straight, you know, uh, infrastructure of investment and, yeah. and finance um, is also an indicator too, that people believe in Italy and also, you know, private equity and, and other, um, other interests there. So, but as you said, areas, regions like Veneto or uh, Brianza, you know, that right. have that, there is a, there's a fabric of small and medium sized businesses and family owned businesses, yeah. but nonetheless, there's also a lot of growth and interest from international mm -hmm. um, sources too. And it's interesting to see it from that perspective because you do see it. I mean, you, I see it, for example, as just sort of like an average Joe. I see it, you know, in terms of I look at the kind of things that are opening in Florence or, you know, I talk to people mm -hmm. um, who are business owners and who tell me um, how Florence is different today compared to five or, or 10 years ago. So, of course, I'm imagining something going on in Milan. But this makes me happy because I think that... Um, foreign investors often fear Italy because of all its bureaucracy and, and the, it's, you know, how complicated things are here. I hope that maybe, um, you know, this, 
there are a lot of people who work very hard at cultivating those relationships. You know, a lot of politicians, like I'm thinking of Nardella, our mayor, Florence's mm. mayor, is very he's very good at bringing in foreign money. Um, and I think that I hope that now there's you know, there is a generational shift going on. So I'm sure the average age at your company is probably what? Do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, at most 30, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably the, and, one of the older ones. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. You know, <laughs> I mean, in other words, we need if change is going to happen, this is the only way it's going to happen. I mean, we need to have people who are max. 30. I mean, I'm joking, obviously, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's, there is a generational shift going on as well. And it seems to be mm -hmm. colliding with a, an increased interest in Italy on a number of levels. And I'm really glad you brought up the sort of the more economic financial one, because I, I, my brain doesn't work that way. And I love that as an indicator because it's concrete and we have data mm -hmm. and we can go and look at those numbers, which I am going to go look at because I think they are interesting to contemplate like what does foreign investment look like in Italy today? So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. It's an interesting thing. And I think, you know, I see, I, I mentioned I was at this event um, the other night with this really interesting group of very international women, many of them who had decided to open up their businesses in Florence, you know, people from mm. the world over. I, I mean, I met people from, you know, Australia, India, Singapore, um, you know, the United States, the, the UK. So just very interesting, though, um, to see what I think is really a, um, a changing landscape, but also like a very exciting moment to be here. I mean, I feel a, a, yeah. a, a really nice energy and I'm glad that you're confirming that you're seeing it as well from sort of from the from the business side. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even I was at an event uh, um, about two weeks ago at Festival Mar that there, were, there was a group of young entrepreneurs and seeing the mix of everything from real estate to uh, uh, banking to uh, industry and family businesses is seeing, uh, you know, all over yeah. uh, in Milan, you know, that there is a, a strong community here and, and how um, stimulating that mix can be, particularly among a younger generation of, of entrepreneurs and, and, um, and managers. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to get back, um, because we are actually coming to the end of our time together, but this is just the mm -hmm. first, what I hope will be, um, uh, just one of many conversations that, um, maybe you'll Certainly. agree to come back because it's fun talking to you. And I feel like I learn a lot. So I want to go <laughs> likewise, <laughs> you're so sweet. I want to go back to the fact that we were both in the, in the States this summer. I was there for a longer period of time, um, because, um, you know, for a number of reasons and you were there, but you were there for a while. And so I wanted to talk a little mm -hmm. bit about, cause I always feel like a fish out of water. You know, I, I always feel when I'm in the States, I feel like, you know, odd woman out. And when I'm here, I feel like I'm still like La Americana, even though I'm, you know, very <laughs> on the inside. Cause you know, when I come back, I don't know if this happens to you, but like my, my, I, it's not like I forget my Italian. I've been speaking for a long time, but my accent gets stronger when I've been only like primarily speaking in English. And also like sure. Italian doesn't come to me as quickly. Like if I'm playing tennis and I need to curse or something, it's going to come in English, you know? <laughs> right. So um, I just want to know how, how you feel when you go back. I mean, 
to the States? And then like, what are the things you love about going back to the States? What are the things that are hard? What do you miss about Italy or, you know, all that that stuff? How did it feel? Yeah. You know, for, for me going back to the States is that of course there's places you visit and people you see and um, memories that come back, you know, is that I I guess part of adulting or just getting older is that you see that, um, you know, people and places change, you know, so there's a lot of history there that is wonderful to see. And, um, but also seeing, you know, celebrating with friends and and family, um, those great moments there and reliving those and spending time with them. And, you know, it's wonderful that communication, everything can be is free, you know, voice over IP just yesterday, I'm on the phone with my dad and it's like, I'm right next to him. I know. Um, And it's fantastic. And at the same time, you know, you can't get a hug over, you know, no, uh, a FaceTime yet. audio call. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> and and so I it. think, uh, yeah, well, and so I think there's, you know, um, there's also like getting a good American breakfast, you know, you know, and it's, I was visiting my dad in Arizona and uh, yeah, it's so cool going in, you know, a diner at 6 a.m. and it's like, you know, not, uh, not the cappuccio brioche and all this stuff, you know, that's a, a different style here. Um, but I will say things that I miss about Italy when I'm in the States, number one, base food quality. Okay. Apart from being picky on cuisine, it's just the base quality of ingredients, whether it's at the supermarket or any meal, it's like for eight euros, I get a piatto plate of food of pasta, vegetables, meats, you know, know. very fresh. And, and so it is, it is shocking the degree of preservatives and like heavy oils and frozen food that you get everywhere in the States. Um, So I struggle with that actually when I'm back there, because you're just kind of putting on the calories and the pounds. Anyway, that's, that's one aspect. And I'm sort of a foodie. So my, my colleagues even joke with me um, about that, but uh, time around the table with family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and a big one, I think in Italy is time around the table with family and friends. And I think that matters very much, you know, one's, you know, family upbringing and everything or, or environment, but, uh, that's very appreciated here in Italy. Um, and the, as I said before, having your local area and neighborhood, and it's so walkable that mom and pop shops still very much exist. And another aspect is that, you know, I'm not the best dresser, but it's cool to see Italians carry themselves. Well, it's not just Milan. It's, it's just, just like, better. it's not, it's, it's, it's almost not better. fair. I know. No, but you know, I, I, I was, um, writing something to a client um, just yesterday about Milan. And and I said that one of my favorite things to do in Milan is just watch people because everyone is so beautifully dressed. And oh yeah, I mean, Milan is sort of the extreme, but Italy, I mean, everywhere, obviously the, the bar is pretty high, but when I go to Milan, I just, I just stop and stare. Everyone is so elegantly. Oh yeah you know, turned out. And I think that we've lost that in in America. We lost that a long time ago, long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think these are important things to point out because when I, when I go back to the States, I mean, natural beauty, you know, of course, thank goodness. Like the United States is absolutely beautiful. Our cities are fantastic. Mm -hmm. The culture, you know, all that don't, please don't. I mean, but exactly the same feeling. I mean, sometimes it's just though that, I don't know. I feel like here there's still a lot of emphasis put on human contacts. I mean, I say it a lot, but it's yes. very much a, um, a culture where face-to-face interaction is is the way to go, even though Italians love their WhatsApp. Absolutely. 
love their voice. Well, <laughs> well, and it's the, it's the degree of nonverbal communication, I think yeah. as well, you know, yeah. that's almost stereotypical. I'll say one of the funniest things for me is when an, 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 an Italian person is angry and they're arguing over the phone. Nevertheless, they still gesticulate. And I think it's wonderful because, you know, you just get across so much more. And my, I was even gesticulated in the car not to, you know, flip someone off, but to communicate something nonverbally and she didn't know what it meant. And so it was a oh. funny moment also comparing culturally. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's but those little things that do make yeah. a difference. And even this week, um, I got back from Padova just yesterday and um, this week is also fashion week in, in Milan. So oh, just getting yeah. off the train station and, and walking around, I mean, even you see like, um, a significant number of outlier, tall, lanky people, young, you know, model looking people that aren't right. in all their garb yet, right. but then people watching going down in downtown in Brera or these other places, just like, you know, I'm totally being judged right now, but um, looking around, it's just very, very cool and enriching apart. I've never been to any runway sort of show, but just seeing all of the events and go, restaurants. Exactly. And, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. great. It's amazing. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I think it's, it's something that is so um, deeply etched, um, you know, onto Italians or into them or whatever, like this innate sense of, you know, beauty or, or what have you that mm -hmm. we just, I mean, it's just a, it's, it's just a cultural thing. And whether that come out in food or in, um, you know, design or, or fashion, or just the way mm -hmm. you, you know, get dressed to go even to something silly, like the supermarket, you never right. know who you're going to run into, you know? And so those are, I think, really important cultural things that, help though you get through your day. I don't know how to explain it. Like so yeah. much beauty. Um, I, for me, it helps me. Like when I walk around Florence, it's hot, it's full of people, but everywhere I look is beautiful or, you know, yeah. I see really beautifully dressed people or I, I don't know. I'm just happy. You know, I walk by a cafe and I smell those smells of an Italian pasticceria, mm -hmm. which, you know, you, they're hard to replicate, you know, that, beautiful mix of, yeah. you know, sweetness and, and coffee. And, and also I think you had, you touched on a really good point. And it's something I talked about with um, another Stanford alum who was a guest of mine, but like how, no matter what, like really good food is accessible to everyone. And so yes. we could also talk about that from an economical point of view, even though like the prices are off the charts here compared to mm -hmm. what I saw and what I experienced in the United States this summer, I'm sure you were in the Bay area. Were you in the Bay area or were you only in just in Arizona this time. Just in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but the, um, the New York area is off the charts expensive, off the charts. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, thinking about what I would be asked to pay um, for a bottle of Prosecco at a restaurant, mm -hmm. you know, that I know that I buy that bottle on sale um, for like, and it's good. And I've maybe spent five euro four even sometimes right. if I, if I get a really good deal, I can even get it for like two or three and it's, yeah. you know, imagine and, and having to pay like $40 for that, or, you know, not, not really having a hard, really like having a hard time finding a good cup of coffee and then ending up yeah. in, at an Italian style place in New York and spending $45 for breakfast. Wow. 45 because like. 45 for like a panino, a pastry, um, an Americano and a cappuccino. Wow. 
Which no, is, it's, I mean, even I, if you go to like the night, even if you and I meet up in Milan and we go to the nicest <laughs> cafe in Milan and we stand up, we don't sit down, but we each have a brioche or a something, you know, a tramezzino and we have a, a you know, a coffee and a cappuccino, whatever. We're not going to spend more than what? 10, 12 euro. Right. Maximum right. if we have like really nice sandwiches and really nice pastries. But if you go yeah. to the ordinary cafe. So anyway, I'm getting totally off track. <laughs> I want to because I love talking to you, but I want to um, ask you, I want to ask you two final questions. So sure. first is very much related. Um, could you or would you um, go back to the States to live permanently? And a related mm. question which we sort of hinted at at the beginning, but what's in store for you, Scott? What do you see in your future? Oh, wow. Both very good, deep questions. Um, I guess, you know, never say never. Um, but my my intention in coming here, you know, four years ago was to make a permanent move. And I have every intention of continuing to build a, a life here in Italy. So okay. Of course, there have been many ups and downs, and I've made definitely sacrifices uh, for sure, yeah. economically and also personally. But um, you know that there's also things and just part of life that you know, independent of where you are, you know, there's just things that come up. So, right. um, and and so um, I guess there's that I guess sort of a cheesy Star Trek quote is like you know you you can what is it? It's possible to commit no mistakes, but and still lose. You know, not to not to so totally uh, deny the possibility of a picture perfect ending, but it's the sense that, you know, you get through things and uh, sometimes a global pandemic isn't your fault, but how you, you know, move forward is, is definitely part of it. And then the next question is, gosh, what's in store for me is that um, I think uh, uh, your habits follow you. You know, I was definitely good to being the good student and good employee and everything. And so finding that balance between, you know, my work and my personal life um, is definitely, you know, something I, I strive for, whether that's, you know, exercise and friends and hobbies and, and things outside of work. So I see that, but yeah, you know, building a life here and hopefully, you know, a, a wife and family someday. And, um, but yeah, it's also, you know, I have some family friends that uh, are from Italy. And so going to visit them and seeing, you know, several generations of that family and, nice. and what they've been able to build and, you know, whether it's weddings or Easter, you know, Sunday dinner, Sunday brunch, uh, Easter brunch with them. And um, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. So I think what's refreshing for me and um, is having that daily reminder here of, of the reasons why I decided to, to move here. So um yeah, I uh, definitely don't don't regret my decision. Don't have any intention of moving back to the states anytime okay. soon. So, uh, but yeah, excited uh, excited to keep moving forward. Yeah, and I think this is a great way for us to end. Um, but it's just I see only only a bright an even brighter future, and I I hope that a visit to Florence is in your future. Um, if not, absolutely, I know I know that a um, a trip to Milan will most certainly be in mind. Um, at some point, hopefully in the not too distant future. And so I just want to thank you. I, you've been a wonderful guest, but you you've really been oh. a, a good friend and interlocutor for oh. me. You know, I, we've always had such um, fun conversations and, um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm happy that Stanford brought us together and that we've stayed connected and that Italy impacted you so much that, um, it, it 
determined the course of your life as it did mine. Maybe that's absolutely. Maybe that explains our our connection. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And and thank you. Likewise, and and Fosca, it's so wonderful keeping in in touch with you and the friend that you are. And and absolutely, is that my time in in 2010 there? I remember arriving in Florence that day and and seeing the you know the facade of of the of the cathedral there and 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 spending wonderful moments, you know, with my host family, with uh, classmates and yeah. and with you all there at the program. So it's definitely, you know, changed the course of my life. So thank well, you. I'm so glad it did. I'm really glad. So thank you so much for today. Grazie mille. Grazie, Grazie te. <laughs> Arrivederci alla prossima. Thank you again, Scott, and thanks to all of you for tuning in to 15 with Fosca. Check out the podcast description for Scott's bio and some links related to our conversation today. Grazie mille e arrivederci e alla prossima settimana.